Welcome to the Sensitive Souls Podcast, a communal space where the neurodivergent, the sensitive spirit, and the creative can come together and feel safe, seen, and heard. Whether you are spiritual, into personal development, or just need a friend to talk to, you're in the right space. Grab a cup of tea, a cozy blanket, and let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sensitive Souls podcast. I am your host, Jess Palmer. My friends call me Palmer. My pronouns are they, she, and I am very passionate about sharing life um, as a neurodivergent person and the experiences of others living with their own sensitivities and hardships. You know, life is very real for all of us. And I always want the sensitive souls to be a place where we can all relate to one another and ultimately know that we're not alone. Today's episode, I want it to be chill, as usual. Um, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah. I hope everyone is doing well. Um, It's just crazy that 2023 is coming to a close literally this is our last week of the year and sometimes it still feels like it's January 1st I mean of 2023 like next month is literally 2024 so I just want to say thank you for everyone who has joined the podcast family this year who's tuned in um I'm just really grateful to have you here and without further ado I kind of just want to update you guys on life and then get into some Reddit stories that I chose to read for y'all today because, damn, some of these are incredibly funny. Actually, just one of them is really funny, and then the other two are more serious, but I had to include the funny one because it's Christmas-related, and I just thought it would be perfect, and something I will most likely title uh, the episode of this podcast as, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to today's episode Uh, Y'all love the Reddit story, so I'm definitely going to keep going with it. I enjoy blending both my perspectives and, you know, just like hearing what other people have going on. You know, it's not all about me, you know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I hope you guys are doing well. I'm feeling kind of silly this morning. Um, Recovering from COVID, my whole household had it for the holiday. This is my second time having COVID during Christmas so it was definitely a good one Um, but I'm grateful it was very mild I got to be with my loved ones uh, my kitties so I really can't complain but let's see life update yeah that's pretty much it I had COVID Um, you you guys know I've been running my virtual assistant business now for what five months that's been going really great Um, But yeah, I really feel like 2024 is going to be a better year. I feel like I say it every year. I'm like, oh, this next year is going to be great. And then shit hits the fan. And I just think that's been the last like three years since COVID, right? Like COVID really fucked things up. Um, So now I feel like I'm trying to be optimistically positive for the future I know I said that the beginning of this year was that I was hopefully optimistic and then this ended up being truly one of the hardest years of my life, as many of you know. So I do apologize for some of the inconsistencies with podcasting this year. I'm really going to make it an effort to connect with y'all 
going forward on a more consistent basis. Um, but I guess other news. Well, I have Harry Potter tea for my Harry Potter fans. If you are not a fan, feel free to skip forward. Um, but I would consider myself to be like a Harry Potter adult. Not a Disney adult. Although I do love Disney, but not nearly as much as I love Harry Potter. Um, so my whole life, you know, being an avid people pleaser, like I wanted to be a Gryffindor, like everybody else. Like all the cool kids in school would be Gryffindor. And I didn't want to be sorted into any other house but Gryffindor. And so I'm smart. I'm intuitive, even at like seven, eight, nine, ten years old. And I would purposefully pick traits that I knew the sorting hat would deem me as a Gryffindor. Although for sure, like I'm very brave and I'm courageous and, you know, all of those things. Like sure, we can have aspects of all of the houses, but I would not say I'm a primarily Gryffindor gal. But yeah, I would always choose the answers that I know would probably get me into Gryffindor because I didn't want to be further bullied for anything else, you know, like... I was being bullied for the hair on my legs. I can only imagine how much I would have gotten shit for for not being a Gryffindor, God forbid. So <laughs> so recently, I wanted to retake the test to see how I would place. And I answered it 1000% honestly, from the heart. And lo and behold, I am a Ravenclaw. And I couldn't be happier. Although I will say... If not a Ravenclaw, I could see myself definitely as a Hufflepuff. I think I'm very compassionate and kind and I love animals and herbology. The best class in Harry Potter, in my opinion, besides divination. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I think I, I crave knowledge and wisdom. And I am loyal, but I am ultimately most loyal to myself. In the grand scheme of things, like when you compare a Ravenclaw to a Hufflepuff, I feel like Hufflepuffs are loyal and would put others before themselves like a million times over whereas I feel like a Ravenclaw would choose themselves and I think like my recovering people pleaser wouldn't want to embody that of a Hufflepuff because I already am so loyal to the people that I love that I would lay my life on the line for them that I feel like I'm trying to embody more of a sovereign like a sovereign type of like energy for myself you know I don't want to just lay down my life for anybody who may not even be worthy of that right just for the sake of being that type of person so I think ultimately like the like I feel like maybe as a child I would have come out as a Hufflepuff but now that I've grown and evolved into a more independent and sovereign person I felt like Ravenclaw was a very true representation of who I am and how I operate in this world and like what I value when I'm looking and in search for truth. I have a Sagittarius North Node and Rising Sign, so I very much am always in pursuit of higher knowledge and why I love talking about my spiritual practices on here and just personal development and like gathering more self-awareness. I think ultimately Ravenclaws are big about that, you know. So that's my little nerd tea on Harry Potter, y'all. So I would love to know what your houses are. So feel free to send me an email. Maybe, yeah, send me an email at my, my VA email, heyjustthevaa at gmail.com. 
or feel free to DM me at your pal Palmer on Instagram because I would love to know what house you're in. Um, I just find it so fascinating. All right, friends, I'm already laughing as I'm pulling up this story. One, because I don't know if it was turning 30, but now I have to zoom in an incredibly amount on my laptop to see Reddit. I even have my glasses on. I really thought I didn't have that bad of eyesight. I'm going to be honest with you. So yeah, that's a thing. Um, Second, just the title of this. I think I'm going to have to title this episode this. So grab a snack, grab some tea, grab whatever you need, some weed, um, just to get chill and in a funny mood because this story is definitely going to, I don't know, just like put you in a place. So let's go. seeing legitimately thinks Santa Claus is real. This is off the true off my chest subreddit. I think he actually believes Santa is a real person in some capacity and thinks he delivers presents to his family personally. I'm probably going to leave tomorrow because it's been awful so far and I just want out. I'll call him Adam, fake name. Adam, 25 male, is from a pretty rural area up in the mountains, keeping it vague on purpose, and his family are what I'd consider religious extremists. He told me this before I, 23 female, came to see them for Christmas, that they were very religious, as are mine, so I thought it would be similar. I'm not seeing my family as I just have my abusive mom, and we're in North Carolina and I just can't be bothered. I've only been seeing him a couple of months, and his beliefs have only came up minimally, and Santa Claus was not part of that. I don't even think we've mentioned it at all, despite walking around Walmart with Christmas decorations and holiday stuff on shelves, and him saying he wishes there was more Christmas decor. Adam and his family call Santa Saint Nick to start off with. He has a large family, and we had a lot of regular Christmas Eve activities all day, including cooking breakfast and dinner with his family, sitting around and playing with the children, going to a church event around lunchtime. When we went to church, his mom would shake her head disapprovingly at some references towards Santa Claus the pastor made, and would whisper to his younger brother and her nephew next to her, I didn't hear what she said. When we made dinner, She told me to fix a plate for St. Nick, and I laughed and said, cookies aren't enough? And Adam shot me a horrified look. I felt the gaze of his mother, and she gave me this sort of fake smile and said, no, hun, that's not a filling meal. So I loaded up about as much as I gave Adam and the men in his family and put it on a plate. His mom put tinfoil over it and put it in the fridge in the garage. At some point, about two-thirds of his family had left. The children went to bed after about an hour of it being dark. Adam's mom told them to go settle into bed so St. Nick can have his dinner and start to deliver presents. This gave me the implication that he would start his night here rather than just stop by and have cookies leave. I'm not so sure. His mom read a couple passages out of the Bible about family as we sat around their wood-burning stove 
and we discussed my family's situation a bit. Adam's dad then told Adam and I, as well as his sister, to go to the guest house to sleep. It was about 9 p.m. I changed in the bathroom and said my goodnight to them and was about to walk out the door with Adam when his mom snapped her fingers and said, "Hun, you're forgetting the most important part of Christmas? Adam looked pale for a second before kind of nervously laughing and stepped back the door holding my hand. We went out into the garage where he grabbed the plate. I said something like, she's really serious about Santa getting his food, huh? Trying to lighten the mood. He squeezed my hand really hard and said, yes, I'd say it's serious. We went back into the microwave to meal. I'm sorry, guys, that the... They read that wrong. <laughs> we went back in to microwave the meal and we awkwardly stood there frozen in front of the microwave watching the plate turn around. I felt his parents gaze on the back of my head. I said something again, I can't even remember what, kind of lighthearted about Santa having a full stomach if he eats like this in every house. Adam gripped my hand harder than he did before. And this is the first sign of affection he had given me in front of his parents all night and said, his name is St. Nicholas and he only eats dinner here. Don't be disrespectful in our home. It sounds calm all typed out like that, but the way he said it gave me the chills. His parents didn't say anything. I felt like I was going to cry. I left to walk in the backyard to the guest house and his sister was waiting in this most empty living room area. <laughs> she said she started the wood burning stove there and she showed me where to sleep, a twin bed next to her, and said Adam would be in the next room over with his younger brother. I just lay down and I heard Adam come in maybe a half an hour later and go straight to bed. I've just been laying here unable to get to sleep because I'm so anxious and I already hear movement in the main house at this point, and I don't know what to think. I thought after everyone had left, mostly the small children, the Saint Nick talk would end. I think his family, or at least him and everyone younger, legitimately believe this is a real person. His parents are really strict and live relatively off-grid and isolated. I barely have service here, so I'll see if this posts because I can't even text my friends SOS right now. I feel like I'm in a horror movie where they believe Santa- <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> this, this just like can't be real, you know what I mean? Like this is just incredible. I feel like I'm in a horror movie where they believe Santa is like a distant uncle or something. Does anyone know of any traditions like this? They killed a pig sometime in the last week as well as a couple chickens and the whole family's coming back tomorrow and maybe it'll be less weird with more people being here. A few of his cousins gave me a more modern vibe rather than the rest of his nuclear family, but I don't know. I might just head back and stay at my apartment a couple hours away alone. I don't think I can continue seeing him. It's just been so weird. In the words of Flavor Flav, all I'm gonna say is, Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> it was so hard for me to keep a straight face and persona as I was reading this story because this man's 25 years old. You know, like this poor woman. 
being subjected to this type of cult like saint nick behavior like the cult of saint nick is literally this family (laughs) i just like i can't fathom the idea of like a mom and dad because you gotta think like if he's in his 20s they have to at least be i would say like their late 40s you know maybe like mid 50s maybe early 60s you know we don't know but like for them to deadass instill the belief of saint nick into their family i think is so asinine i don't know you know i'm the youngest of like my brother's the oldest it's just two of us so i'm the youngest of two and you know obviously i have autism and i can be quite naive and fall into the fantasy of things you know and i just think it's so comical because i think i was 11 or 12 when i stopped believing in santa claus because a friend of mine had told me like we were just walking home from the bus stop and she's like yeah you know like it it was tough when i found out santa wasn't real but like you know i know it's just like my parents giving me those gifts and i dead ass stopped and i looked at this bitch and i was like i'm sorry what and she looked at me and she's like yeah palms like santa isn't real you know that and i just looked at her and i was like what are you talking about She's like, you still believe in Santa Claus? And I'm like, yes, bitch, I do. Like, of course I believe in Santa Claus. Like, who else puts the motherfucking gifts under the tree? Oh, my God. I was so pissed. I remember storming home. My mom wasn't working at home at the time, so she's at her office. And I call her pissed. Like, I'm like 11 or 12 mouthing off to my mom because I'm pissed that she lied to me. I was like, you lied to me. How could you lie about something so serious? Like, I believed in Santa Claus, like, forever. Like, I was devastated, y'all. Like, I felt like my earth had shattered into a million pieces. But, you know, my mom, God bless her, she's an angel. She's like, oh, honey, like, even if he's, like, not, like, a physical, real person, like, you can believe in the spirit of Santa Claus, my spiritual ass mom you know you can believe in the spirit of santa claus and you know what he has to offer and like you know what he represents you know and i love her for that because now as a 30 year old person like i dead ass i you know will knock on my roommate's door and i'm like santa came like wake up santa came let's do gifts you know like it's it is a novelty there's a nuance to this time of year and although personally this time of year has been tough for me you know financially it's like I feel like I've really learned the value of just minimal gifts thoughtful gifts thoughtful time with your loved ones you know like it puts things into perspective when you don't have the money to spend on the people you love or yourself or whatever you know like this is a time of year too to also spoil yourself which I think some people think is selfish, but I also think it's something important to remember that the end of the year has come. You've gone through so much. You're celebrating all of what's happened this year, good and bad, with the ones you love. You're spoiling them, spoiling them. Why not spoil yourself a little bit, even if it's like a $5 treat, you know? Like, I know that seems small, but to me, spending $15 to go to my favorite cafe to work and get my favorite coffee and meal like that's like a little sweet little present treat I could give to myself that's really inexpensive when you think about it so I just like really invite you to think about like what you're worthy of receiving from yourself this time of year too but 
I'm just getting off on a tangent right there, but that story was wild, yo. Like, I literally, I think I would have left. I think what I would have done, but we don't know if she had her car, right? Like, what if she didn't have her car? But for me personally, I probably would have packed my shit up in the middle of the night and left and been like, see ya, you and your Saint Nick can live happily ever after and you and your mom can live happily ever after and it'll be great. So yeah, let me know what you guys thought about this story and yeah, let's kind of segue into what like these next two stories are about. But yeah, I'm just really grateful y'all are here. Being a highly sensitive person is something I think a lot of us here can relate to. That is literally the basis of the name of this podcast, The Sensitive Souls, is that I'm a sensitive person. I always have been. I always will be. Will the spectrum of my sensitivity evolve and ebb and flow over time? Absolutely. Am I as highly sensitive now as I was five, ten years ago? No, but do I still struggle? Yes. But this is something that so many, I feel like in the last decade, have really started to research and peel back the layers on what that means to be like an empath or a highly sensitive person. And I know there is a lot of controversy around um, the term like empath and highly sensitive person, and it has been almost weaponized in some regard and oversaturated. Um, with some personal development and even some therapies but it's still something that I really resonate with those terms and kind of what it means to be a highly sensitive person or empath because not every empath or highly sensitive person is autistic or have ADHD or um you know whatever but um I think it's important that we that I don't just talk about autism and ADHD you know, like anxiety can also be, you know, a highly sensitive person. Um, they may experience that, you know. So I think being a highly sensitive person is kind of like the root, right? And maybe how it manifests, you know, mentally or cognitively or um, physiologically, like that's going to look different for every person, right? Um, but I feel like if you're here, you can relate to being a highly sensitive person and the struggles that can come with that. You know, when I first started this podcast, the title was You Are Not Alone. I still really like that title. Um, it still feels very resonant to what I'm doing here. It was a lot of interviews with people who had their own like mental health obstacles and struggles. And there were so many themes and threads circling around this idea of being a highly sensitive person and how isolating that can be, how harmful it can be because you start to see yourself as less than or you start to see yourself as too much or you start to see yourself as someone as unlovable and not worthy of acceptance, right? So I wanted to share this story that I found on one of the HSP uh, subreddits. I will say, please explore reddit cautiously if you are a highly sensitive person who can get easily triggered or um struggles with like ocd or thought rumination of any kind 
sometimes um, if I'm not in a place and I go to Reddit, I can spiral big time. So if you're looking to connect with other like-minded people, it can be a beautiful place to do that. But it can also be um, a little triggering. So just err with the side of caution. Um, I have not read through the entirety of this post, so I do not know if there are any triggers or not. Uh, but just be mindful to take what resonates and leave the rest. And if you start to become uncomfortable with any of these stories, feel free to skip forward, get out of the episode completely. Your needs are so valid and I love you for that. Okay? So this next story is someone's personal experience about living life as an HSP and dealing with those feelings of loneliness. I feel like I don't belong anywhere due to my issues. So recently when the year began, I decided to be more social for the first time ever since 2014. I'm a 24-year-old pan-romantic homosexual male, which when you were born in the 90s was harsh. I was subdued to homophobia all my life and yet I loved myself, not to mention I had ADHD since I was young. Over time, things happened. Medicine given to me to make me like a zombie. I'm off right now. I was a victim of weaponized assault in high school. I now have depression and social anxiety with slight trauma due to it. I have issues where I bring myself down and bash myself because sometimes I don't feel like I deserve love, not even by myself. I had found I had facial dysmorphia because I can no longer look at myself in the mirror and when I do, I see a stranger instead of myself. I've been told just because I am the big African-American guy, I have to act tough, bottle my emotions, can't like the things I like, like cute things and shows and stuffed animals. No, a real man has to never show emotions. They have to be a real man, play a sport, have a family, but most of all, My parents were never really there for me, nor accepted me, and I also have a very toxic, religious, and abusive mother. Fast forward to 2021, and I lose my best friend of nine years. I lose a guy who I thought liked me, but was embarrassed to be around me, nor did he tell anyone about me as his boyfriend. I moved out of my house, tried to start streaming, only to have people bully and cancel me unjustly. I do have a new boyfriend and better true friends, However, now we go to the present series of events. I joined a community server to be more social, and it is not good. I try to be myself to the highest degree, and yet again, being myself and loving who I am is a bad thing. I am too energetic, too bubbly buzzy, and I'm very excitable. I don't consider myself loud at times. I know when I am loud and all, but when I am around my boyfriend and my best friend, they say I talk normally. These people I am in the server with are so rude. They even left the call when I was just having fun and enjoying a game. When I was happy and being myself, they left. One person even said I gave them a headache. After that what was said, the next day I did something I very much regret. I took the pills my doctor took me off, massive amounts of them. I felt worse, much, much worse. I not only was taken to the hospital, but was also admitted to a mental hospital for the, fir- for the third time in my life, for the first time since 2016. 
Luckily, it was for a few days since I had to immediately get back to work. For reference, guys, this was posted about two years ago, so that would have been at the end of 2021. Once I was released, I went back to my worried friends and the server of people I want to be friends with. I tried accommodating them, and yet even when I bring down the volume, I get moments where I enjoy myself, and they say, hey, you're getting excited, chill out. Well, sorry if I'm like having fun and enjoying a video game. Yet when others do it, it's fine. They're not loud. They're allowed to do it. When I do, it's wrong. When I do it, I get threatened with the punishment system. I thought these people would understand because we all have mental issues and stuff. But I guess I don't belong anywhere. When I'm around new people, I get seen as loud, overbearing, too energetic. When I'm with those who I think will understand, I don't belong. When I want to be a bookworm and be smart, I can't do that. When I want to like what I like, I can't do that, or it's too girly or feminine. I just, I want to be able to be me, but I guess society has no place for me. I found I'm an ambivert, and a bunch of other things about myself, like how I'm an ENFP or the champion, they say, someone with potential to do great things, but I don't feel like that. Instead, I feel like a monster who should just isolate himself because he's nothing but a nuisance for everyone. No one can fix me. No matter how hard I try, I'm never good enough. Anyway, thanks for listening. If anyone can help me or give me a bit of advice, I'd be greatly appreciated. If this is too much for anyone to bear or makes anyone sad, I'm sorry. I just don't know what else to do, and I'm still kind of young. Ugh, guys, I don't know. Like, this really took a really sad turn, you know? Like, I really hope they're well, and... I will say there was a really nice comment um, that someone left, but it kind of seems personal, so I'm not going to share it, but I really do hope that this person found some support, and you know, being a, a, a black gay man, I can only imagine the adversities that they went through, um, especially being born in the 90s. They were absolutely right saying how harsh it must have been for them, and truly like my heart goes out to them because I can only imagine having your roots being so um, blatantly discriminated against and not only because he is black but also because he's gay you know and I just I think it's so it's it's so important to share these points of views and stories because especially with men you know being looked down upon for sharing their emotions, for being in touch with their femininity, let's say, whether that is through expression or interests or even just being in tune with your emotions. There's so much shame around those men who are, let alone gay or not, you know? And obviously I think being gay must have added like another level to that, you know, which is just so disgusting and I'm just so sorry that they had that experience Uh, but they said something that I wanted to kind of touch upon you know I joined a community to be more social and it's not good you know for new people I'm too energetic and for other people that I thought could understand me like I don't belong and I think when your energy I'm going to get a little spiritual here and a little woo-woo, but I feel like when your light is so bright and when you are not afraid to be yourself, right? You're not afraid to express your excitements. Um, 
you're not afraid to express how you love right whether that's gay straight um bisexual pansexual what have you right like when you put yourself out there you are putting yourself out there for criticism and for harassment and discrimination and i think what's the sad truth is the fact that he's already a black man like he already has that stigma on his back you know and that's that's not fair that's not fair at all like he should be able to be himself without these discriminations and i really do think that when you put yourself out there and you shine brightly people who are afraid of their own inner light people who are afraid to stand in their own power people who are afraid to let others see them as well they're going to try to dim your light because they're intimidated by how bright you shine i'm choking up it's true i don't know if many of you can relate to this but whenever i felt ostracized by a group or misunderstood by people i thought were my best friends or whatever i genuinely think it's because they could not understand me or my energy because it's like they almost couldn't read that frequency like i know that sounds a little woo woo and like crazy but i do feel like even autistic people like we beat to a very different frequency right and that can be shown in our lack of social awareness <laughs> and how we can stim in public or get easily excitable and very loud you know like we beat to a different drum and live almost in a different dimension and i think it intimidates others and leads to bullying and harassment because again they don't understand us they're intimidated by our light by our genuine nature i'm told all the time that the fact that i'm so in tune with my inner child and i can become easily excitable by very minute things it inspires others to tune into their emotional capacity to feel joy even for the tiniest of moments i want to be that person to inspire others to feel joy over the sun on their face or eating their favorite ice cream you know and having their sweet treat or you know wearing a comfy fuzzy sweater like there's so many things that we can cultivate joy around and even just in how we present ourselves like it's very evident he even says like i'm a 24 year old pan-romantic homosexual male um and I was subdued to homophobia all my life, and yet I loved myself. And yet I loved myself. Like, how powerful is that to stand in who you are firmly? And it it's devastating that he's continued to face adversity for just being who he is. But my piece of advice to this dude would be, get the fuck off that server. You know, block those bitches who are trying to put you into a box. Because I feel like... I always return to this Dr. Seuss quote and those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind, you know, like if those motherfuckers don't pay your bills, like why do you care? You know, I'm not no shade to this guy, um, to OP, the original poster. Um, but it's in general, like for me, I gave my power to so many people because when I was bullied, that's what my response was like looking for acceptance in other people looking for validation in other people so when I got into like my early adulthood 
and I was having these people please or triggers come up and I had to really kind of revoice that voice in my head like I would have to say to myself like bitch they don't pay your bills you're mad about what like you're worried about what about these people who literally don't matter you know um so I think when you start to have that mindset and set those boundaries of just being like you know I genuinely don't care what other people thinking about me because at the end of the day I feel the most happy and fulfilled living in my fullest expression and being myself and I think that's really powerful and I hope that you know OP found some peace and found some acceptance more within their community and themselves and like I wish them nothing but the best so this was definitely a heavy story the next one is much more lighter more tangible aspects of what you can do to add into your routine as a sensitive person for more grounding and presence So before we hop into this segment, um, this actually taught me something very valuable that I didn't know, that there are different types of highly sensitive people. So highly sensitive people can either be like sensitive sensation seekers, so looking for more novelty, looking for um, more change and fluidity in their routines, and then you have highly sensitive people who are on like the low sensation spectrum so it is like a spectrum right it's not um like a binary but um yeah so to think about what type of highly sensitive person are you do you like routines and structure that's the same every single day or do you like more fluidity less rigidity um, more novelty in your routines then this post could be helpful for you this is going to be more for the sensitive sensation seekers, so those who crave more of that novelty. Daily routines for sensitive sensation seekers. I'd love to hear about any daily routines other highly sensitive people um, who chase sensations um, that have that work for them. I guess because of the novelty side of the highly sensitive sensation seekers trait, we are always trying new things. But are there any parts of a daily routine that you've found that brings you peace, joy, balance, or some other positive feeling? So there were a couple of uh, comments that I really liked. So I know that question was kind of weird. So basically they're asking, like, although we are sensation seekers, what are other types of routine aspects in your day that are kind of more concrete? Um, so this is kind of a nice blend between having things that are non-negotiable in your routine but also allowing novelty to flow within your day-to-day so let's read the first comment the only time i've managed a daily routine was during lockdown when i was furloughed it was actually a bliss to have that stability it went something like wake up meditate breakfast showering some hobbies meditate and then bed However, I've never managed a routine at any other time in my life. I feel that highly sensitive people, especially sensation-seeking, are too inherently unstable to allow for a long-term routine while also working, studying, and doing stuff which takes up most of your day. I think that's very true. 
I definitely found that in quarantine, it was easier for me to feel more grounded and stable because I had the time and space to dedicate to a routine. And then when I went back to working full time, commuting, you know, having to deal with the sensory input of the rest of the world, it was a lot harder for me to stick to those routines. However, now being a virtual assistant, making my own schedule, I've come back to those routines a little bit more and I have found a lot more stability and groundedness in my day. And I definitely can relate to this, that it's hard to be in a long-term routine when you do crave that novelty. So the story or post continues. If I tried, if I tried to get into a routine, I inevitably find myself wanting to end it or break it after a few weeks or months purely because it gets too repetitive. Yes, I could not agree more. I'm more coming to terms with living in a state of chaos where I have micro routines that last a few weeks and then end. For example, I journal regularly, but also regularly not journal for a week or so if I don't feel like it. Sometimes I meditate for a few months but then I'll have a break for a few weeks or months. Some weeks I'll go for a walk every morning. Some weeks I'll sleep in more. Some weeks I'll shower every morning. Some weeks it'll be a couple of days. If anyone else feels that it's possible to live in a non-chaotic state as an HSP, I'd love to hear your story. I would love to know if you resonate with this. Again, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at yourpalpalmer or send me an email. Uh, But I really would love to know if you resonate with this because I certainly do you know like I will stick with something for a bit it'll ebb and flow you know but there's nothing wrong with taking breaks right whether it's with the gym or meditating or journaling like it's okay if you are wired in a way where your routines and habits and like coping skills and self-care tools like ebb and flow right because if you're resonating with this post It's already clear that you're someone who needs that novelty, who doesn't like the constriction of a strict routine. So I think cultivating that self-acceptance first is so important because then from that place, you can just create micro-routines. I think that's great. I've accepted to start to learn in somewhat of a state of chaos as well because I know me personally. I know I don't want strict routines and strict time frames. Like these apps that help you build routines They make you choose a time to start. What if I just want to do it when I feel like it? So if you know any planning apps or things like that, like routine building apps where you don't have to assign a time and it can just kind of be like whenever, please let me know or I'll let you know if I figure it out. But I really like the idea of like a micro routine. I think that's a great alternative. Um, Or maybe like some go-tos, like for me, obviously, uh, like oil pulling, drinking 40 ounces of water in the morning like they're kind of some non-negotiables that are just easy for me to do now because I've done them so much but there are things that ebb and flow more in my life like my spiritual practice how that manifests and my meditation practice and the gym I think is kind of the other non-negotiable I have to do for my physical health and for my chronic pain like if I didn't have to do that I probably would be right back into this sort of rhythm with the gym as well. Um, But I will say I've been very consistent since the summertime when I got last injured. So I'm really proud of myself for that. Like, I'm a gym girly now, okay? And I love it. 
<laughs> all right let's see that was a really good one i liked that one a lot all right i have found very similar things in trying to keep routines they tend to bring peace and joy in the short term only to become quickly boring and then become a lot of effort shortly after the only real routine i have found that i keep Two is going for a drive every day before I work or start my day. Trying to find some new back roads or take a new route while listening to music. Different every day. I find great peace in being on my own and in complete control. Yet, given I drive a different route every day, I think it relieves some of the need for novelty. I love that. I've had many of, the, of my best business ideas whilst driving and usually have to stop often to capture them. I've done this daily for years now and is the only thing that has never lost its impact. I'll drive today and know it will be effective. Oh, I love that. That's so powerful. I don't know why I'm cheesing so much, but like, talk about a true blend of self-awareness and acceptance, right? Like, they accept that some routines are only good in the short term. That's okay. Maybe you build routines for the season you're living in. How about that? Right? Like, what if it's quarterly? You reevaluate your routines to help keep that novelty fresh, to keep things um, kind of moving in the right direction, but in a way that feels inspiring and motivating for you. Um, because I feel like, like what we're working towards is always the same, right? All like wellness and well-being and wholeness and mindfulness and that can take so many different routes so it's almost exciting to think about different ways you can do that for yourself also i love the idea of driving as a routine especially because this person must work from home i feel like if they because for me if i'm commuting i ain't going for a drive before work because my drive is my commute so i'm going to use some context clues and assume they work from home for me because i also work from home i would love that when we were quarantined, I, like in 2020, not like having COVID recently, I would go on drives all the time. I was living with my parents and it was in my childhood home. I was going through a lot mentally with my health and I felt trapped. Like it was the winter time. We all had COVID um, or we were trying to not get COVID and we couldn't go out anywhere. And I literally would just cruise the most beautiful drives in New England you know, in my area, and I remember feeling so much joy doing that, and excitement, and they had mentioned, like, you know, sometimes I have the best business ideas when I do that, and absolutely, I had so many creative ideas on a lot of those drives, and I don't know, I feel like this post is kind of inspiring me to kind of look at some of my micro routines, some of the things that, like, support me, and, like, this is Capricorn season, so it's a good time to do that, um, but yeah, I really hope that maybe this inspired you in a way or so. Um, one other comment I'll read lastly that you could relate to is one daily routine I've been doing for about a year now is writing slash drawing in a journal before bed. I usually try to write a couple sentences talking about my emotions felt throughout the day and any prominent thoughts and then I like to doodle and create something on a page. On Christmas, I got a small watercolor paint set so I've been painting my drawings as well. It's fun to explore with the colors and see what you can create. That's just something I found helpful that brings peace and joy to my night. Oh, I love that. I'm glad we're ending things on a positive note um, today. But I really do love 
the idea of blending writing and drawing before bed, especially giving yourself some space to kind of identify your thoughts and feelings, and then giving yourself the space to work through that through art, I think is beautiful. I love this. Ugh. I just wish we could all hang out and like do some crafts and like just watch fun movies or like The Office. Like why can't we all just like hang out and start our own like sensitive souls commune, you know, without any of the work. <laughs> like I want to have like a cozy commune where we all just like get together with our big fluffy blankets and like coffee and play our games and maybe go for nature walks. like. That would be incredible, like a beautiful commune in like the southwest, big beautiful pool and a hot tub and oh, we could just like spend all day taking care of ourselves, that sounds amazing, so definitely food for thought, I really think this post gave me a lot to reflect on, I hope it did for you as well, and if you feel called to share with me anything that's come up for you, feel free to. And yeah, just like thank you all so much for being here and hanging out. I'm really liking these Reddit stories. If you find any story you want me to read or react to, please send it to my email at heyjessthevea at gmail.com or feel free to send me the link on Instagram. Because honestly, sometimes finding these stories are a little bit tough. So feel free to help a homie out. And otherwise, I'll see you at the next episode. Thank you so much for being here.